you can make money from every angle. Yeah. And so if you're creative, if you're hardworking, if you're willing to take a few risks, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get out of your comfort zone. you got to take a risk. You know, hopefully it's calculated. Hopefully you've thought about it. And hopefully, you know, you've, you've got some end game in mind with that risk. Mm-hmm. But if it fails, you fail. You get up and you try again. Welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast, an audio experience where we don't just talk about it, we live it. Hey everybody, welcome to the Young, Wild, Financially Free podcast. My name is Andrew Roberts, and I'm here with a co-host... Matthew Taifke. Yeah. And uh, today we're really excited to be back in the podcast studio. We have a new guest for you guys, Mr. Jonathan Hubbard. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for having me, man. Thanks for coming, man. Excited to be here. I've watched uh, plenty of these shows and you guys have some amazing guests on, so I hope I can keep that up. Thank you so much. I I think you will and... Well, fingers crossed. Bring some fire, baby. That's right, man. If you don't, no one will know. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. So uh, where are you from originally? Well, Andrew, I just met you today, so <laughs> we're gonna get real close. I, I real only fast. tell people where I'm from, and, and if I trust them. Okay, you look like a trustworthy guy. Oh, thanks, I appreciate it. I am from Southern California. Okay, uh, from Newport Beach, um, which is in between LA and San Diego. Gotcha. So you know, sometimes Texans, mostly the older crowd, not necessarily the younger crowd. Sure. You say you're from California, they're kind of like give you a side like eye you. a little bit. Yeah. So. Yeah, from Southern California, Newport Beach. Gotcha, cool. And family still out there? Yeah, only child. Uh, my mom and dad, and got a small family out there as far as cousins, aunts, uncles, but still out, still out there. Um, I travel back probably five or six times a, a year. Gotcha. Go it's a little slice of paradise. Sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, we were just talking about California and how I mean the one of the things that I love so much is there's so much that you can do. I went. My brother lived there for many many years, and when I go out and visit. You know, one day we would go to the beach. The next day we'd go to the mountains. And yeah, you can't like, beat it. You right. can't beat it. You're, yeah, Newport Beach is on the coast. So you're walking distance to the beach, uh-huh. and then you're two hours from, from the mountains. Right, yeah. And some of the things we did, you know, or talked about is you can go to the beach, go snowboarding, and then go to Vegas. Because <laughs> Vegas is only three and a half hours away. Oh, so, wow, yeah. yeah that, that's the day trip. A little benefit. That's a, that's a real day trip. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what was, I guess, growing up like for you in Southern California? Were you involved in sports? I was, yeah. I was heavy duty in sports. I played, despite looking at my size, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, football. Cool. Picked up golf. Uh, I guess my main sport tended to be football. And again, you wouldn't know about my size, but I played quarterback uh, in high school. And, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I was a big sports junkie. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Matt's a baseball guy. I'm a football guy. Nice. Similar. You couldn't tell by my size, but I play. <laughs> I played middle linebacker. Which wow, was, that is a little surprising, <laughs> I know, actually. Yeah. That is a little surprising. Nice. All district, I'm not bragging. Glory days, well, whatever. Man, it's fine. Man, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Um, okay, and so did you go to college in California? I did, man. I, I bounced around uh, community colleges, and after five and a half years, finally made it. Okay. I uh, went to Cal State Fullerton, and this was uh, back in 08, I believe. Okay. And so after graduating college, I decided, you know what? I, I need something new. I need to experience some new things. I was getting too comfortable in my own situation mm-hmm. um, and looked at a few cities, researched a few different places and, and picked Austin and had never been here before and said, you know what? I'm just going to try it. I'm going to try it for two years. I'm going to give it a shot, see what happens, meet some new people and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And that was back in 09. So it's been, uh, geez, almost 11 years in June Wow, that I've been here yeah. and loving every minute of it. 
and see myself here for a, a lot longer. That's so, awesome. Yeah. What did you end up getting your degree in in college? Entrepreneurship. So um, I was I was always destined to to kind of live my own life and and make my own hours and do my own thing. Okay. Um, I grew up working mostly in in high school and college in hospitality or customer service industry. Uh, a lot of country clubs, a lot of hotels, a lot of resorts, being a valet. Um, and so that's kind of where I, I started. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and I would imagine, I guess I'm just saying like, you know, you're an only child. Yep. You're a quarterback. And so you had sort of that leadership, those leadership qualities and wanting to kind of do your own thing early on. Yeah. You know, my dad was an entrepreneur. Um, okay. Yeah. He, he owned a chain of uh, pretty well-known um, supermarkets at the time. Um, there's still a few around, but he ended up selling. It's called Trader Joe's. You know, he, he was he was gonna be Trader Joe's if it all went well. It was Irvine Ranch Farmers Market. Okay, and he it grew pretty big, but um, you know, he he did a great job building that business. He grew a little bit faster than he probably should have, uh-huh. um, and then ended up you know selling the company down the line. But he was an entrepreneur, and he always ingrained in my brain that you will make your money in real estate. Uh-huh. Um, real estate's the way to go. Really, so. That's awesome. I learned at a young age. I didn't know how I was going to get there. I didn't know how I was going to make money or start a business there, but I knew that I was destined to do something in real estate. Mm-hmm. So was he buying the properties with the grocery store? Was he buying the real estate? He was not buying okay. the real estate. Got no, it. he was leasing those out. Got it. I was just curious because yeah. you said that. Yep. Yep. He was leasing them out. Did he have investment properties or what, where did that come from? He didn't. You know, and this was, I, I was uh, pretty small when he had these grocery stores. So um, it, it was kind of after his his time in those grocery stores, he realized, I think because of those stores that he leased out, mm. you know, real estate is important. Maybe mm. he should have owned those. Got it. And so when I was young, he took me to a couple seminars and, you know, always said that let's get you into some real estate as soon as we can on the investment side. Okay. Um, it took me a, a, a while to get there, years, years and years, but I, I finally got there and I'm finally in the investment side, which mm. is nice. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. So when you got to Austin, what was the first step for you? What did you do when you... Man, I, I didn't know a soul here. Didn't know one person. Um, it was January of 09 when I decided to move to Austin. Uh, and then June of 09, um, got in a U-Haul, packed my stuff, and made the drive. Wow. And so got here um, and didn't have a job. Was kind of researching what I should do. The first thing I wanted to do, though, is get my real estate license. So okay. started studying for that um, while searching for a job. And that's interesting. Well, that I mean, obviously, your dad, you know, told you that real estate was great, you know, from the get go. But then in 09, you know, that's, you know, post crash. Right. Right. And so, like, um, you wanted to get your license then. And and what was that? I guess what was your mindset through that? You know, I had gotten my license right before I moved from California. I actually got my California real estate license. Okay. And I got my license. I'm like, oh, my God, I I got my license. Like, this is going to be great. Uh And then I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know how to make money. So I, I didn't do anything with the license. Um, and then in Texas, again, I got here, and the first thing I did was study for my license, and I passed my first time. Barely. Yeah. Barely passed it. You know, there's some <laughs> trick questions on there. Sure. Um, but again, I was kind of stuck in a position of, I have my license. Now, what am I going to do? And mm-hmm. this was back in 09. Um, anyway, I researched a few companies, and there was a, a marketing gig. Um, and it, it turned out to be quite a, quite a marketing gig. It was the, the best job I've ever had, and it's the least amount of time I've ever spent at a job. Oh. So in the description, it was a marketing job. You know, you're going to pitch it to clients. And it was a great description the owner had. Uh, you come in for the interview, 
And there was nothing to be told that it was going to be door-to-door, B2B business sales, right? Um, and so went through the interview. Maybe maybe something was mentioned, but it really wasn't uh, kind of drilled in my head that that's what it was going to be. Yeah. Got the job, got hired. Next day, come in. Please wear a suit, you know, all that good stuff. And I did. I, I looked apart. I felt like I looked sharp. I felt good. Um, and out we went. And it was selling office supplies to small and mid-sized businesses, door to door. If you remember the summer of 09, which was the summer I got here, uh-huh. got here in June, it's smoking hot. That summer, it had the most consecutive days over 100 degrees in the history of Austin. Oh, wow. So what we would do is we'd get a territory. We had territories from Temple down to San Antonio. You would get a territory, you'd park your car, and you would walk oh. in a suit outside Door to door, business to business. That's tough. I'll tell you what, I, I only lasted six months. Um, it was the least amount of money I've ever made, and it was the least amount of time I've ever spent at a job. But to this day, that job got me to where I am today. Wow. The art of sales, the art of going into businesses unannounced, you know, learning certain sales techniques like get past the gatekeeper, you know, have, have an intro, uh-huh. um, get to the DM or the decision maker. So going into these businesses and people not knowing me uh-huh. and me being, you know, and, and we would have some trips out to down to the border, uh, Hidalgo, Laredo, McAllen, we'd go to Brownsville, um, San Angelo, we'd go to some other places and I'm, I'm not, I'm more of a city guy, right? Sure. So I would walk in and sometimes it would be hard to win people over. Um, I've had people shoo me out, cuss me out, tell me to get the F out, yeah. you know, yeah. all that, um, but it taught me how to win people over. And, and when you did make a sale, when I sold them a ream of paper or I sold them some ink or toner cartridge, man, it felt awesome. Yeah, you know, it felt it's a awesome. win. It's a total win. And uh, Joe Nolan, um, the owner of the company, to this day, he's still kind of in that industry. Man, I, I will never forget him just teaching me, coaching me some of these sales techniques uh-huh. and just, just how to be personable and how to be relatable to people that you don't know. Yeah. You know? And so, um, again, the least amount of money I've ever made, the least amount of time I've ever spent in a job, but by far the best thing I've ever been a part of to get me where I am today. That's was, awesome. that, was that your goal when you took that job? You kind of looked at it as a way to learn how to get great at sales? Or did you say, I actually might be with this company. I see the potential here. Like, how yes. did you look at so that? It, I, I, I saw the potential. I wanted to be an owner because if you were to make enough sales and hang in there and, and, and you know, be at the top of the company, mm-hmm. you would be an owner of your own kind of branch or brokerage. Um, I never got there, but that was the goal. Mm. And there were a couple people that did. Um, and man, I mean, it, it's hats off to them on, on the hard work and the, and the, you know, just getting through all of that to, to get there. Yeah. Uh, and I still have relationships with those people. Um, and I think you might have had one of the guests on the show that we worked together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's Mr. It, Lamar. Mr. Lamar Cannon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the guy. Not only did he kick my butt in basketball, but which which <laughs> well, he's uh, a college I, athlete. I know, which really burned me. Which really burned me because I thought I had some game. But <laughs> as soon as I played with Lamar, I had no game. Um, but yeah, he 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 ended up I think uh, owning his own branch or or getting to the top of the mountain there and. He, he's a he's a pretty tremendous guy. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned whenever he was on here that the reason why he left is because um, he got to the as far as he could get to the top, and it, it wasn't yep. number one. 
It wasn't number one. And okay. so he, that's why he was like, I gotta, I gotta do my own thing, you know? Right. So. Yeah. He, he's, uh, he's tenacious, man. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Great businessman. Yeah. Much respect for that guy. Um, so uh, going back to your, I guess, um, college experience, you know, getting a degree in entrepreneurship, what did you want to do with it? What kind of a, did you have a business in mind that you wanted to start no, or? I didn't. I, I knew I wanted to do real estate and, um, that was kind of my gateway to, you know, I, I had aspirations of, of being a real estate agent and uh-huh. starting my own business that way. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in California, never really got there. And then in, in Texas, I wanted to try it again. Uh-huh. And so, um, you know, I, I had aspirations of maybe owning a restaurant or a bar or something like that. But in the back right. of my mind, you know, it, it took me a while to get there. But but real estate was always going to be my final destination. Mm-hmm. And uh, why in California did it not work for you? I just didn't know what the heck I was doing. Just, I didn't yeah, know where green. to go. Yeah. Totally green, man. Totally yeah. green. And, um, you know, starting in real estate, you have thoughts of you have to know people. You have to have connections. And, and sure. I, had, I knew people that had connections, but... I didn't have kind of the sales techniques and the, and the confidence to go after those connections. And, and you know, I just, I, it, it wasn't in me in California at that time to get going in real estate. Yeah. And best thing I ever did was move to Texas and try it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so after that marketing gig, uh, what was next? Man, I, I uh, like I said, lasted six months, <clears throat> went in there, had to tell Joe, the owner, that I was going to quit. I felt like a complete failure, man. Yeah. I, I felt like a... You know, this was a, a pretty low time in my life, but most people only made it a week. Wow. You know, yeah. some people only made it a day. And they're like, I'm not doing <laughs> like, this. I'm getting out of here. Sure. You know? Because it was tough. It was hard. Um, but six months, I, I, I was kind of disappointed in myself. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to what I know best right now. I have my real estate license. I, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet, but I'm going to go back to hospitality and I'm going to go back to customer service things that I know I'm good at. Mm-hmm. So I uh, got a job at the Four Seasons Hotel downtown. All right. uh, and again, you know, with an established brand like that, customer service, it, it taught me a lot more. I, I was back into talking to people and, mm. you know, kind of mingling and networking and communicating. And, um, not starting, getting rejected every single day. Yeah. Not, <laughs> a hard no is sometimes hard to take. It is, you know? yeah. But, but uh, as I learned, you know, getting into my real estate career, I was destined to take a lot more no's. And every no you take is, is closer to a yes, which I'm sure you guys are aware of. But yeah. Um, yeah, worked at the Four Seasons for a little bit as a valet and then moved up to a doorman position. Um, I was making good money, man. Mm. I, I was having fun. You know, I'd, I'd have a six or seven hour shift, go home and never have to worry about work again, you know, mm-hmm. until the next day. Yeah. Nothing, nothing ever followed me around. Right. Um, and so ended up meeting my wife at the Four Seasons, believe it or not. She cool. worked there as well. Um, uh, she played soccer at UT, believe it or not. Wow. She's the real athlete of the family. <laughs> uh, so I had to snag her. Yeah. And um, met some amazing people there, but still had my real estate license. I, I knew I wanted to do something there. Mm-hmm. Um, ended up meeting uh, uh, an acquaintance who's now a friend of mine. He was a realtor. And he worked at a small brokerage over by campus, over by UT, um, called 512 Realty. Mm-hmm. And so we saw each other at a couple of pool parties, and he finally said, hey, man, you got your you got your license, right? I said, yeah, I do. He said, well, come work for 512 Realty. I said, really? He's like, yeah, we got leads for you. We got business for you. And I said, wow, really? Okay, maybe, maybe this is my time. Mm-hmm. Started working there part-time at 512 uh, Realty and still working at the Four Seasons. It was all pretty much campus leasing stuff. So we would do leases and... Um, 
man, I, it was fun. Yeah. It was a lot of fun for a while, just taking college kids around and showing them houses and, you know, writing the lease and, and getting the application. And I felt like I was really, you know, doing some deals. Yeah. <laughs> it felt pretty good. Yeah. But still kind of half in, half out. My girlfriend and I, uh, who's now my wife, uh, moved in together. Mm-hmm. And she was still at the Four Seasons, and I was kind of doing both jobs and working my tail off, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and she started seeing some commission checks come in. And they weren't big. you know, a big one would be $1,200, something like that. And she saw a few roll in and you could see the light bulb kind of go off in her head. And she never told me this. She's never said this to me ever, but I know, I know what she was thinking. Uh She said, man, another commission check. She's like, wow, that's awesome. I just saw her look at me. She goes, and I know that she was thinking, wow, if this dummy can do it, I can, I can do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So sure enough, like a week later, she starts studying for a real estate license and, and passes the test in, in lightning time way faster than I did, got her license. And um, after about six months at 512 Realty, you know, I, I wasn't even full time there. Uh-huh. We had lost our sales manager, who was a guy who um, hired me. And so the company was kind of like, oh, man, you know, what are we going to do? And, you know, um, the owner, Alan Ware... Um, one of my mentors to this day, I remember we were down in the kitchen in the office. He said, why, why don't you get in the car with me? Let's go take a ride. And so we get in his, you know, souped up Mercedes and, and we're going for a ride. And he's like, man, you know, I know you haven't been here a long time, um, but I like your work ethic. I like how you work. I right. like, you know, you, 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 you seem to outwork a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you think about being a sales manager? What would you think about, you know, helping me open an office to, to, to keep this thing going? Yeah. And I thought, what? <laughs> I've been here for six months, done like 10 deals. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I feel like I didn't know anything. I wasn't even full time. Yeah. But he took a flyer on me and I said, okay, well, you know, I'll try it out. I'll do it. Wow. Offered me a nice salary. Um, and some commission on some of my deals that I did. And so I was able to leave the Four Seasons. Okay. Um, he had just, he had 512 Realty, and then he had just purchased a company called West Campus Living. Okay. Um, those agents actually left to start another brokerage. So he ended up buying the company, but the agents left. Oh, boy. So he had an open office. Um, he stuck me over there and said, Jonathan, good luck. Hire some agents. Get this thing going. Yeah. And man, I'd never been so scared, never been so terrified. I'm like, what am I going to do? I've, I've never been a, a manager, especially in real estate where I really, you know, I've done a couple leases here. Right. And so I just worked my tail off, kept going, kept my, you know, nose to the grindstone and just kept moving forward and ended up hiring four or five agents over there. Okay. Um, training them up, reading books, doing everything I could to kind of learn along with them. Um, and it, it's, it was a fake it till you make it type of situation yeah. for, for a while. Um, but, you know, I told the agents that I brought in, I said, look, if I don't know the answer, I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to go find it for you. Uh-huh. Um, and I think what they respected most is that I was there in the trenches with them, making sure they were trained as well as I could train them. Mm-hmm. And it's not rocket science, but you do have to have some techniques and you do have to have, you know, s- some things in your corner to make to make a deal work. Sure. Right. So, um, anyway, I ended up hiring four or five agents there. And then he asked me to be the sales manager over at five, one, two realty as well. So, um, ended up managing, you know, 20 to 30 agents over a, you know, 
at, at any one time over a two to three year span. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of what got me into uh, duplexes and fourplexes. Okay. Which is kind of what I specialize in now. Okay, wow. Um, my one goal is to become the duplex and fourplex king of Austin. <laughs> All right. I'm not there yet. I am not nowhere close to there yet. But um, Alan Ware, he started buying duplexes and fourplexes in areas that you would just say, are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Are you really buying these properties? Um, this is back in 2011, maybe 2010. Okay. You know, buying these properties for the price he was, buy- he was purchasing for was one thing. But he was going to go in. He was going to do a high-end renovation. He was going to renovate these properties. He was going to rent them out for, you know, if they were getting 500 on the next lease-up, he wanted 1200 Wow. So he was buying these properties in areas where you would kind of go, no way, you, you can't be doing that. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? This is, this is going to fail. Yeah. He would go in and renovate. And sure enough, he started selling these things. And he sold them for prices that were astronomical at that time. Um, which, you know, after renovation, probably 2012 into 13. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of got my light switch turned on about these two and four unit properties. Mm-hmm. And he said, Jonathan, you know, you got to try and get into this as soon as you can and put your own money into it. And I didn't have any money at the time to, to go in with them or, or do anything. But, um, you know, that was kind of my, I, I kind of see my destiny kind of shaping. Sure. And so... Um, Continuing to be the sales manager, I always had kind of my my eye out for, okay, how am I going to break out of this and kind of do my own thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was after two or three years, I said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to take what I got now and try my, try my hand at something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of my mentors, his name is Aaron Bentel, love him to this day. He's like, look, man. Stop being a sales manager. Stop working for somebody. Come on out. You know, he was on his own. He was on, he was his own broker. Okay. But he was um, actually getting these properties for Alan. He was a bird dog out there. Uh, okay. So he was contacting the sellers and then kind of brokering the deal. So he was bringing these properties to to my broker. Yeah. And so he's like, I'll, I'll show you a creative way to make money in real estate. Like just 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 take a risk, take uh-huh. a chance. And so what did Alan think about that? So I did, he was well. <laughs> he he wasn't happy, but sure. I think he respected my decision. Uh, he respected that I was going to take a risk yeah. and, and go out and try something. Um, and I kept the door open that if it didn't work, that hopefully I'd be able to come back. Yeah. Um, I was going to give it a, a six months or a year and see see what was going on and see how I could do. Sure. So uh, it was, man, just, uh, January 2014 or 2015. Uh, I decided to, to quit and, and start my own gig of trying to do some type of small residential multifamily, bird dogging, wholesaling, whatever it was. Okay. He kind of let me know of some certain softwares and, and you know, kind of websites where you could gather owners' information. Mm-hmm. You could figure out where these properties were, gather the information, and, you know, cold call them, basically. Right. Or go knock on their door. Um, but as, as you guys know, I'm sure you've done your handful of cold calling as well. You know, those, those lists and those numbers, yeah, they're about 10% right at the time. Yeah. You know, most of the time you're not going to get a correct number. Right. Most of the time you're going to get a wrong number yeah. or, um, whatever it may be. But myself and my business partner at the time, man, we, we rented a little, uh, Regis office, like 400 square feet. 
Mm-hmm. Got two phones in there and just started dialing for dollars. Mm. We just dialed and dialed. Man, we made two to 300 calls a day, hand dialing, mm-hmm. um, and probably talking to one or two people a day mm. just because numbers were wrong. Um, sure, yeah. You know, people wouldn't want to talk to us. Yeah. And so that's kind of how we we started out and it kind of went from there. And who was your business partner? Uh, at that time, it was a guy named Jake Panko. Okay, cool. Yep, yep. Oh, wow. Yep, so we worked together for a while. He actually worked with me at 512 for a little bit. I hired him at 512. Um, and so we kind of said, look, man, let's let's go after these owners and cold call them. And we don't know what we're going to do when they say yes. Yeah. Or if they say yes, they want to sell. We had no clue. Uh-huh. Not a clue. I mean, we finally got our first yes. We got a, and, and it, it wasn't even a duplex or a fourplex. It was a small single family home in South Austin, Southeast mm. Austin. Uh, it's like a, at that time we got under contract for like a hundred thousand. Yeah. 110,000 maybe got under contract. Like, okay, great. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. What, what, where's our buyer? What are we trying? Like we had no clue, no systems, no processes. We were just strictly dialing for dollars and, and had no idea what we're doing. Sure. And so that first property, we had to terminate the contract because we didn't have a buyer lined up. We had a couple showings. We had a couple people that were interested. Oh, man. But no one wanted to sign on the dotted line. Yeah. So that was, that was another failure, right? Yeah. And I, I absolutely, I think, you know, as a buyer myself, I still think that's the only uh, contract I've ever terminated. Wow. Um, as, as, you know, trying to get something under contract myself. Uh-huh. I hate um, telling people I'm going to do something and, and then not come through and do it. Sure. So... Um, yeah, that, that was a tough, tough situation. Yeah. And I would imagine, so like, even like the list that you guys were calling was primarily, you know, duplex and fourplexes. Right. It was. And like that target market is harder to cold call anyways, because those are investors that probably don't want to sell compared to a single family, just a homeowner who might be in a tough situation. Absolutely right. Yeah. I mean, these people were using these properties as their, their retirement right. pretty much, you know, they were cash flowing. They bought them. Years ago, for some of these fourplexes, were you know it, we're selling at a hundred grand, mm-hmm. one hundred and ten thousand, one hundred and fifty thousand back in 08, 09, 2010. Right. And so these people were cash flowing out the wazoo, mm-hmm. and so why would they want to sell? So you're right. I mean, it, we we cold called and cold called. And took so many no's and took you know it took months and months and months to really get our first solid yes on the line mm-hmm. after the that single family home debacle. Right. Um, what I learned was I didn't find a ton of sellers, but what I found was I found buyers. Mm-hmm. So these people weren't wanting to sell, but mm. they were they were investors. Right. So they said, if you find me something, I'll buy it. Yeah. Right. So now we started to build up a little bit of a buyer's list. Cool. And so as soon as we did get a property under contract, we had a lot more confidence in that someone was going to perform. Nice. Um, so finally, finally, finally. Got one or two down, uh-huh. uh, and and to this day, you know, the clients, the buyer clients that I've met, and, and they've actually turned into be seller clients with me now too. Mm-hmm. But those buyer clients that I met a handful of years ago, they're still with me, mm-hmm. and they're still I still talk to them, and I still try and bird dog properties for them because they came through and they they said that you know they they did what they said they were going to do. Yeah, if you find a property for me at this price point in this area, I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy it cash. And I'm not going to be, you know, kind of, I'm not going to be tying it up with crazy inspections or trying to retrade it or anything. Right. So um, the ball started to get rolling at that, awesome. at that time. Yeah. Um, during that time, um, 
were you still trying to close leases and, and close deals, or um, were you doing this full time and didn't have any income coming in? Honestly, um, at that time, I would have taken I would have taken leases. I would have taken small deals, but yeah. I, I wasn't getting anything. Okay, so I took the small amount of money that I had saved up from five one two Realty um, from that sales manager gig and from being an agent over there, and just kind of put it on the table and said, well. When this runs out, I'm That's, I'm hosed. Right. You know, so it's kind of I woke up every day, my back up against the wall. Like I got to make more calls. I got to find more yeses. Yeah. I got to find more people. I got to find more properties. Um, and thank goodness, you know, it was it was probably a good three to four months into it, my bank account kept dropping, 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 and uh, finally got a few on the hook and and kind of went rolling from there. Mm. That's awesome. Very cool. Um, and we actually know Jake. Panko. Awesome. He actually went to high school with us. I think he was a grade or two older than us. Yeah. yeah. Um, We didn't know him in high school. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. That's cool. Small world. Small world. It's funny how Austin, you know, the the capital of Texas, you think it'd be this huge, huge city, right? Right. It's a small town. Mm -hmm. You see people and it's funny. So I I do, I do believe you that that he went to high school with you guys. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, what happened after that? Is that now current day or? or? No. So um, from there, you know, we started making some calls. We, we kind of had, had split up um, about a year into our partnership. Okay. He kind of went his own way, still kind of doing some duplex, fourplex, multifamily stuff. I kind of went my own way. Uh-huh. Um, I wanted to try my hand. My, my wife had gotten her real estate license, like I was telling you. Right, yeah. She was working for a company and, and she was making some sales mm-hmm. and she was doing well. And so um, I wanted to continue down the line of duplexes and fourplexes because I thought it was a a good niche market. Mm -hmm. I started to know a lot about the product, and I knew every single street, man. I knew every single street a duplex or a fourplex was on. I knew every cul-de-sac. I knew every zip code. Mm -hmm. I knew the gross rent multipliers. I mean, I was really – I knew the product inside and out. Yeah. And so I was confident about that. And so I wanted to have the duplex and fourplexes – still in my business model, Mm -hmm. but I also wanted to get into kind of normal residential sales, right? Okay. So my wife and I actually partnered up. We started the Hubbard Group, um, and so we started doing duplexes and fourplexes. I was still grinding, and and it's a a grimy kind of, it can be a real grimy and dirty kind of product to sell. Okay. You know, some of these, some of these properties have a lot of deferred maintenance, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, you know, you're, you're going through a sale and, and one of the hardest things is, is tenant management. Sure. If you're dealing with a fourplex, that's four units. You're dealing with four different tenants mm-hmm. um, in areas where, you know, they had been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times you go into an area and they've been living there for 10, 15, 20 years. Right. The rent's never been raised. And so when you get a, a property owner who wants to sell that type of property and I'm representing the buyer going over to these properties, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it, it was, it was pretty intimidating. Yeah. Um, and having to manage the tenants, even, even now still, you know, you, I, I give out gift cards all the time just to say, Hey, just, you know, I, I know this is going to be a pain in the butt for you. You know, I know this is going to be hard, but you know, here's 50 bucks to, you know, let the inspections take place, you know, let all the due diligence happen and, mm-hmm. and kind of calm things down. But yeah, it, it was a, a, a rough, hard, grimy, uh, product to sell sometimes. Yeah. And so we, we kind of got into some more residential sales. I still had that arm of the duplexes and fourplexes cause I, I knew it and was confident about it. Yeah. Um, 
And so we kind of said, let's let's try our hand at it. Mm-hmm. And that was three years ago or so. And, and um, it was just the two of y'all? It was just two of us at the time. Okay. Uh, we bounced around to uh, two brokerages, but now we're over at Compass um, with the Hubbard Group over there. We've got a team of five agents. Total. Okay. So wow. we've got five people over there. So, um, again, a, a, a lot of residential sales take place. But me personally, I would say still 75% of my business is is all duplexes and fourplexes. Wow. Um, and thankfully, from the mentors I had and some of the clients that I had, I got to see what these people were doing firsthand. Mm-hmm. I got to see them buying these properties. I got to see them renovating. I got to see what they were renovating, what products they were using, what material they were using, what colors they were using. Uh-huh. And so it was probably three years ago now um, where I took my stab at my first uh, investment property. Nice, so yeah. went, went in with a couple partners uh-huh. and we bought a fourplex over by the domain um, and kind of did the same model that I, that we were taught, nice. you know, that we that we saw and, and we knew would work. Right. And sure enough, um, leased them up for a good price and refied it, kept it for a while and then did another one and then did another one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, last year we I think we bought and sold, you know, Five, which is not a huge amount. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, that was 2018. Um, 2019, we bought six. Okay. And so we keep some, we sell some. But what really attracts me attracts me to the to the duplex and fourplex product, right? Is the value I can create. So, and I know you guys know this, and you're in property management. You manage a ton of huge properties, big properties. You know, if if I can get those rents up. Mm. I can get the value up. Right. Right? So, and this is from a very simplistic form. Two units and four units, very easy to manage, very easy to manipulate and, and create value there. Mm-hmm. It's the same, you know, policies and stuff as, as a 100-unit or a 200-unit complex. That just takes a lot more time. Mm-hmm. Right? But in these two and four-unit properties, I thought, wow, okay, it's not apples to apples. Mm-hmm. You know, if you sell a single-family home on a street for 300000 that same type of house, square footage, build-out, comes for sale across the street, guess what? It's worth 300000 mm-hmm. right? But a duplex or a fourplex or larger multifamily, as you know, if, if we've got a duplex on one side of the street that had $900 in rent per side, mm-hmm. 1800 total, you know, that sells for 300000 but I've got the same duplex across the street, I'm getting 1200 per side, 2400 mm-hmm. per month. I've created value there and I've created you know, what investors want. Right. They want to buy off the income of the property. And again, you know, it, it still we're, we're kind of restrained a little bit because we're uh, from an appraisal standpoint, it's still mostly the sales comparison approach. So it does technically have to be apples to apples, but a good appraiser will blend in the income approach and realize why, you know, these two properties are different. Sure. They may look the same. They may act the same, but I'm getting more rents. My, my property is going to be more attractive to a potential buyer, to a potential investor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I love is to being able to create value, control the rents, control the value, manipulate it a little bit. Um, and, and, you know, just knowing the market the way I do, I, it, it makes me feel comfortable when I buy a deal, when I see a deal, what I can do with that deal, mm-hmm. you know, and again, it's it's more simple than a hundred unit complex. I I want to get into hundred unit stuff. That was my next question was to ask because like a lot of people always want to you know get bigger and bigger yeah, and bigger, absolutely. Right? And so that's the plan for you too. You know, my goal was to was to buy a a, a five 
five unit or larger asset last year. Okay. I didn't do it. Um, didn't reach my goal, but we did buy six duplexes and fourplexes, a mix, right? But okay. So we accumulated 16 units last year, um, which was awesome, but I did not hit my goal of buying something larger than five units. Mm-hmm. Larger than five units, you start getting into the, you know, commercial style, right? right? So the loans are different. The appraisals are different. The value you can create is different. When you're able to refinance, it's different. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been doing kind of uh, somewhat of the Burr method on these duplexes and fourplexes that I personally purchase. Mm-hmm. You know, buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat. You, I'm sure you guys have heard that. Right, yeah. Um, so, but from a, a larger asset standpoint, you know, from a five unit to a hundred unit to a 400 unit, the way you can create value there, the way you can refi or, you know, it, there's a lot, even more control in price mm-hmm. and value and things you can do to either dispose of it, sell it, or keep it. Mm-hmm. So, yes, my goal is to is to get a little bit larger, but I every day I wake up and say, how can I be the duplex and fourplex king of Austin? Yeah. That is, that's my goal every day. I want people, whether you're a buyer, you're a seller, you're an agent, Whoever, when you think of duplexes and fourplexes that you think of Jonathan Hubbard, mm-hmm. then you want to call him. Yeah. Because he's got some off-market opportunities for you. He's the guy that can educate you on the product, whether it's going to be, you know, aluminum wiring or cast iron plumbing. Yeah. Or foundation issues or what rents can I get or what should I do with this lease or, or whatever it is. I want people to really think of me when it's duplex and fourplex time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my goal. I'm that's not there. Awesome. I'm not there yet. But yeah, I, I'm I'm working my way there. That's working awesome. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's you know, there's two sides of the coin. Is like you know, with you wanting to be the you know duplex and fourplex king, is it like um, you know do one thing and get really good at it, right? Um, and then there's the other side that's like try new things and do more and, and keep progressing. Sure. Um, and I feel like you're kind of <clears throat> have a good balance on both of those. You know, you said, you know, you wake up every day and you're focused on what you want to do. Right. Um, but you're not ruling out, you know, the others. Yeah. And I, and I want to be careful of spreading myself too thin. Because, sure. you know, when you're when you're good at something, you're confident at something specific, you want to make sure that you're not missing out on opportunities mm-hmm. in that realm, in that arena. Um, but also wanting to get into newer things and, and, and different investments, different partnerships. You know, I, I want to do a syndication. I want to be a general partner in a syndication down the line. Um, but for me, it's all about the partnerships I create, too. I can't do this all on my own. Man, I've had some great people, you know, partner with me along the way, teach me along the way. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I think his name is Marcus Limonis. You know, he's the, uh, what is that, the Profit yeah. Show? He's all about people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I found that to be true, man. You, you, you line yourself up with the right people. There's nothing you can't do. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. I love that. Into that. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Hey, I thought, I already <laughs> think you are the duplex. <laughs> well, I appreciate I, I'm going, that. I'm going to him for my off market. I appreciate that. Yeah. Matt and I did a deal recently. Um, I'll be honest if, if I could do it and this is not blowing smoke, uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a guy who blows smoke. But if I could do a deal with Matt every time, it'd make my life so much easier, such a better life. You know, <laughs> dude, on, seriously, man, that was, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny. I don't know. It, it seems like some, some of the newer agents, some of the people who are getting into the business, you know, they, they see a lot of shows and read a lot of books. And, yeah. you know, they're, they're so hardcore when it comes to negotiating or 
they're so one-sided, right? They, they want to really try and squeeze you for everything. Mm-hmm. And from, from a, a, a working relationship, everyone's trying to get the deal done, right? So it's much easier to work together on a deal to find a win-win solution for your client and for the other client than having it be so completely one-sided right. where one side hates each other or hates the other side at the end of the deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with you, I really felt like we were able to work together, mm-hmm. find a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. You were extremely reasonable the entire time and, and, and a pleasure to work with. Thanks, man. I appreciate so that. So I hope that, um, and with that being said, you know, you're on the top of my list for getting inventory That's now, right. man. You know, I mean, um, you know, I've always tried to have a Rolodex of off-market inventory um, over the last couple of years. And so my, my, my Rolodex has gotten a little thinner. It's gotten a little thinner, but sure. I'm... I'm also, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people and hoping to bulk that back up. Just to kind of speak on that, like, I've kind of started my career in residential and bounced around. And I've taken, not to say that I'm perfect, but my style is a big mix of what I've taken from commercial real estate. Right. And that's how those guys did deals. And I I haven't felt like a lot of people do that on the single family or or duplex, fourplex side. It's a whole different realm, isn't it? It is. It's crazy. Why are we, like... Why are we going back at each other's throats? Right. We both want to get this deal done. Right. And there's that balance of you got to do the best for your client, mm-hmm. but at the same time, sometimes the best thing for your client is to get the deal done. Sure. And Absolutely. not lose the deal for $1,000, $2,000 and, and do that 10 times. 100%. I, I agree with you 100%. Commercial and residential, it couldn't be more different. You know, those two spaces are very different. You're lucky to have both, yeah. um, you know, experience in both. But, but you're right. You know, we're always going to have our client's best interest at heart. But, you know, most of the time you're, you're almost there to get a deal and then something can happen and blow it up where, you know, I, a, a lot of times I feel like it's the agent's fault and not the client's fault. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so um, we, me and a partner, you probably got some of our offers. We throw out a lot of low offers all the time. I've gotten a few. Yeah, I've yeah. gotten a few. Yeah, but yeah. I've, had a, I've had agents. I mean, I have agents that are like, hey, appreciate it. It's mm-hmm. too low. That's great. That's sure. the response I'm looking for. Sure. Then I've got these ones that are like, Never send me an offer on any of my listings yeah. ever again. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah. That makes no sense to me. It's part of the game, right? It mm-hmm. is. It's totally it's like part of the game. Wor- this works. You know, right. I'm taking shots. Just right. A simple no is okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Or no thank you. Or, you know, sometimes even a no response is okay. I think on yeah, a few fine. of those, on a few fine, of those, yeah. unfortunately, I've given you a no response. That's but fine. I, I don't but, even <laughs> expect the response. Right. But if I take enough shots, it does work. Sure. You know? It does. Um, you got to take your shots. But I just don't understand why, why people got to try and be so hardcore about it. Mm. Yeah. It, it, it really kind of takes the fun out of it, you know, and you wonder, man, is that person just miserable or, mm-hmm. or what? You know, it's just, it's part of the game. Like you said, you got to take your yeah. shots. Every no, you're closer to a yes, right? And you got to make offers. And you got to you gotta throw some low balls out there sometimes to see if you can get a counter offer. But that's what I, I, I respect that about, like, your career in Lamar's is, is going door to door and oh, getting man. a no. Because Best thing I ever did. I myself, like, when I get a no, like, I do hang on to it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of affects me. And I'm, like, working on, like, how do I just, like, why does that affect me? Right. Why do I really care that they got mad about that? Right. You shouldn't at yeah, all. you shouldn't. You shouldn't. And, like, doing that door-to-door, I, I think it, it forces you to literally forget about it because you got to do the next. you got to go into the next door. Right. Ten seconds later, I mean, you, I've been, I, there's been some hardcore no's. All kinds of stuff. I mean, yeah. I've seen weapons. You know, oh I've seen, you know, wanting fist fights, calling the cops, mm-hmm. you know, just for me walking in the door. Right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you got to wipe that off and walk into the next door with a smile on your face. And you got to say the next icebreaker. 
you know. Right. And be, it's, be it's, happy about yeah, it. Yeah, be happy about it. And, you know, those icebreakers during that summer of 09, it was mostly about the weather. I mean, I would oh, walk yeah. in. I was in a full suit. I'd walk in drenched. <laughs> Thank goodness for some air conditioning. You know, right. I just talked about it. And, and people would, you know, get me some water and feel bad for me. But, you know. That would just be a way to, to, to get it in the word. Right. But you're right. Taking nose, man. It's not easy. Dude, I had a it's guy. It's not I easy. Was called, or I was texting. I had a list of apartment owners. Mm-hmm. And I was texting him, and I literally was like, hey, my name's Matt. I'm with Tree Homes. Yep. Would love to see how I can add value on the management or even on the sales side. Right. And this guy calls me, and he's, he starts telling me how I'm going to be in a world of hurt. Yeah. I'm like, where does that come from? Yeah. Where's the and, animosity? And it stuck with yeah. me. I'm like, dude. He's yeah. like, he's like, where'd you get my number? And I was like, well, I'm an investor. I was about to go through how I got his number. Sure. That's not what I asked you. Where'd you get my number? I'm like, well, first of all, I was about to tell you. Now I don't appreciate this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm getting into right. it. Right. It's and I shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't. But you know, it's all learning. It is. But um, you're right. I mean, they, people have their own issues. I'm not going to judge him. Right. The point is for us to just move on and, and be better moving forward. For sure. And, and real estate is the, the reason why I love real estate. And I'm, I'm so happy that I'm in it. You know, I, I work seven days a week. Mm-hmm. The only time I'm not working is when I go on a vacation or something. You know, work follows me around day, night, emails, calls, when I'm on my honeymoon, when I'm, you know, at my wedding, yeah. my phone's blowing up, you know, things like that. And I wouldn't change it for the world. I really wouldn't change it for the world. Wow. I, I love the industry that I'm in. You can make money in real estate in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, name another industry where you can make money from so many different angles. Mm. Yeah. It'd be tough to, to name one or two or, you know, whatever. But right. the best industry. I mean, yeah. you can make money from every angle. Yeah. And so if you're creative, if you're hardworking, if you're willing to take a few risks, I think that's important. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to take a risk. You know, hopefully it's calculated. Hopefully you've thought about it, and hopefully, you know, you you've got some end game in mind with that risk. Mm-hmm. But if it fails, you fail. You get up and you try again. Yeah. But real estate is you got to take some risks sometimes. And whether that's picking up the phone and making two hundred cold calls a day, or if that's knocking on doors, knocking anything. on doors. That's what I tell. I yeah. mean, it's as much as you want to go. It's get. it. And not to mention, we we might be in one of the best markets in the world. Amen to that. And man. it looks Amen that way that. for yeah. the next twenty years. It does. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm I'm blessed, and we all are blessed to be in this industry in this city. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is the best real estate market I've I've been around. Right. Um, and so, it, and it's a city where you can wrap your head around, which mm-hmm. I like. You know, DFW, I'd probably be lost. You know, mm-hmm. DFW's huge. Mm-hmm. Houston, huge. I'd be lost. But mm-hmm. Austin is a it's a small big city. Yeah. You can wrap your head around it, um, and and I really think, you know, for newer agents or people that want to get into real estate. Try and find that niche. Try and find that, you know, focus where you can really work hard at, um, whether it's you want to be, you know, the the neighborhood real estate agent for your community that you live in Mm -hmm. or the condo complex that you live in. Or if you're leasing an apartment and you want to find buyers, send a a postcard to say, hey, time to stop renting. Why don't you buy? Buy with me. You know, I just think that some of the new people that get in, they're spreading themselves too thin. Mm-hmm. They're trying to do too much at one time yep. instead of really drilling down and, and, and focusing on one angle of real estate mm-hmm. and, and one niche, whether it's a market, a product, um, a service, right. whatever. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's really good advice. Yeah, man. I, I mean, if I could just give, you know, provide value for one person on this podcast. Yeah. I, this could be the most boring podcast you guys have ever had. Absolutely not. But it's okay. No, it's okay <laughs> if it is. But if I can provide value for, for at least one person who's going to listen to this, you know, and they can call me and say, hey, Jonathan, you know, help me out with this. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. I'm always going to take the time 
to answer the call. And we're in real estate. We're all supposed to answer our phones. Right. Nobody answers their phone in real estate anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you call people, no one's picking up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you feel the same way, if, if you run into that somehow, but you're yeah. trying to find brokers or you're you're trying to t- you know ask about listings or it's 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 hard to get people to actually pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. And texting's fine. It, it's hard to get people sometimes to return a text. Yeah. But if, if someone wants to reach out to me, talk to me, you know, go to coffee, whatever, I'm always going to pick up the phone. Yeah. yeah. That's that's what makes people successful. Like, I, I don't not call people back. Right. I'm and sure our phone's been blown up since we Oh, yeah, there. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've got a couple calls, a <laughs> bunch of texts. But, yeah. but, but some of these things, like I said, back to commercial, when I first got in commercial real estate, nobody would call me back. Nobody would answer. Right. And there's these, and it was like... The guys that were really high up, they mm-hmm. actually did. Right. They would like I, my boss Jeff Townsend at Edge. He would call anybody back, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow, that's so amazing. And he was a very he was successful the top guy. Dog. Was, yeah. yeah. And he was picking up his phone. Yeah. 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 Or calling yeah. back. Right. And then these other ones, no, you can't get a hold of them for nothing. Oh, man, it's uh, frustrating. But it's, yeah. But I mean, if if you, it's good, you know, because if we're gonna be the ones calling back. That's better for us. Absolutely. Yeah. So for people out there, don't pick up your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Matt and I will take care of yeah. it. You know, Matt and I will take care of yeah. it. But no, it's real estate. You got to be able to, to uh, get back to people. Mm-hmm. People have questions, yeah. whether it's about a listing, a property, a, you know, a tour or whatever. You got to you got to provide people the right information. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, if people are going to call me, I'm going to do my damnedest to, to provide them with that right information. And, the, and do what you do what you say you're going to do. That's, exactly. that's my it's big following thing. People through. are like, it's I'm gonna, I'll send you to you next week. I'll do this, this, that. Right. Like, nobody ever does what right. they say they're right. going to do. Absolutely right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, it's, it's the follow-through, man. And I, I feel like I've I've built, you know, a successful business on following through. And right. you guys have, and you have too. Right. You know, it's, it is about, you know, some, some tenacity right. and some perseverance and all that. But most of all, it's following through. Yeah. 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 Simple, simple things that are very important. Yeah. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Yeah. Well, you wanted to provide value for one person and you provided value for two people at least. Man, I'll tell you what, (laughs) that makes my day. I'll walk out of here, have a good weekend if I knew that. (laughs) If I knew that. Yeah. That was great, man. Um, so for the listeners, um, how can they find out more about you or contact you? Uh, Cell phone is always good. Okay. My number is 512-599-2927. I'm at jonathan.hubbard at compass.com. Okay. I'm at jhub5 on Instagram. All right. You can find the Hubbard group on Instagram too. Nice. Um, And again, would love to, you know, talk with anyone who wants to talk about anything, to be honest. Real estate wise, I'll, I'll do it. Got it. Yep. That's awesome, man. Uh, well, Jonathan, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Pleasure um, being here. Thanks for having for me. For our listeners, signing off. We'll see you later. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.